Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Welcome into another edition, a special Wednesday evening edition, pre-Thanksgiving edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Yes, our normal podcast airs on Friday evenings. Available for streaming 10 o'clock on Spotify, the Spotify app, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. But we're doing the podcast early this week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. And tonight we have a fantastic show lined up, including a free-for-all Friday on a Wednesday evening. Mr. TNT himself, Mark Stone, with weekly football picks. Stone was fired up last week, and he's going to be fired up again this week. Because from what I understand, he did very well with his picks last week. So we'll talk to Stone coming up in a little bit. We also have the Moron Spotlight for you. And a special Last Call segment. There's been some people that have passed on, uh, not recently, well, more, you know, like in the last six months or so, but just some people that I want to recognize that had an impact on uh, on my life. I didn't know them personally, but uh, from afar... Uh, we want to talk about them. So we're going to do that this evening. But I want to start off tonight. Tomorrow is is Thanksgiving. And just talk about Thanksgiving. And it's interesting because I feel like we get to this time of year. And I've been guilty of it before. You open up the microphone and it's like, well, I'm thankful for this. And I am thankful. I'm thankful for my my life. I'm thankful for my faith. I'm thankful for my marriage. I'm thankful for uh, my my wonderful, loving, supportive family and my friends. And I'm thankful for music and movies and the ability to talk to you every week. I'm, I'm thankful for Inherent Dream. But Thanksgiving is not just once a year. And that's something that I... It takes a while to realize that. It takes a while that to realize that, yes, Thanksgiving is once a year, the holiday. But we can be thankful every day. And if you have a relationship with a higher power, if you believe in God or whatever you believe in, you know of that journey and you know how Thanksgiving is not just a holiday on the last Thursday of November. Thanksgiving can be every day. One of the things that I'm most thankful for this year is me and the wife took our first anniversary trip out back to where we had our honeymoon. We went back out to South Dakota and had a few days out there. It was very peaceful Enjoyed the wildlife, enjoyed the scenery, 
went to Crazy Horse again. It was very relaxing. For whatever reason, when I go to South Dakota, I feel very peaceful. The anxiety goes away. Maybe it's all the fresh air. The stress melts away. I just don't have the pressure in my chest. I don't have the pressure in my mind. What was cool was I've been praying for a long time about trying to find a job where I can have feel like I have a positive impact on people. I can have a positive impact on friends. I can have a positive impact on family, the community, entertaining, whatever. And I've been praying on this for a long time. Trying trying to say, hey, I, I, I pray that I can find a job where I can have a positive impact. I can enjoy doing it, but have a positive impact, whether that be helping the community or entertaining people or providing information or a mixture of both. And what was neat was when I was in South Dakota, I had this moment where it was like a conversation with God. And in that conversation, God said, you are more than welcome to continue praying on this. But sometimes the answer is right in front of you. And I really took that to heart. And the answer right in front of me is this. It's the Trevor J. Brown Show. It's Inherent Dream. It's the podcasts. It's the music. It's the creative outlet. And I started thinking of things and banking things in my head and writing down ideas and putting notes into my phone and all of these things because the vision at that point was so clear. And had the conversation with the wife and prayed on it more and decided about a week and a half ago that I'm going all in on this. Inherent Dream, my company, which I launched in 2015, was merely a hobby. And when you dedicate time to a hobby, you only have so much time for it. You work your day job, you work your nine to five, and you come home and you only have so much time before you have to go to bed or you have to make dinner or you have to do chores at home or you want to go hang out with friends or you have different obligations. So there's only so much time you put into it and keeping something a hobby only goes so far. So with that said, I thought, no, this needs to go full time. We've taken Inherent Dream as far as it can go being just a hobby. Now it's time to go all in. So a week and a half ago was my last day at my day job. And I dove head in, head first. Jumped right in. Actually, it wasn't head first. Well, yeah, it was head first, but... You could look at it that way, or it was like the biggest cannonball that you could ever create. And 
the vision continues to evolve even in the last week and a half. And I'm excited to tell you there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be coming here with Inherent Dream. We are pretty much developing a podcast network. If you go to the website tonight, InherentDream.com, you'll see Inherent Dream Podcast Network. And under there, there's a link to my show. And there will be another show coming in January that will have more of a local angle to our Minnesota audience here in central Minnesota. We'll have more details on that coming soon. So be sure to keep checking back here on the podcast and our Facebook and website. We'll have more details here after after Thanksgiving. There'll be other podcasts as well. It'll be an entertainment network. It'll be a one-stop shop. We may do a faith-based podcast once a month. We may have a more interview-based podcast. Maybe a more sports-related podcast. Tons of content coming. And I'm very excited about it. We will still have the music. We're still going to be doing the food and songs. I'm still going to be doing music, chairman of the board, maybe more TNV down the line. Photography, arts, crafts, books, maybe films at some point. But we're going all in on it. And the reason why I say this is not, well, one, it's more of an update for you on where I'm at with things because it's exciting. It's scary at times, but honestly, I don't even, it's scary a bit, yes, but I feel like lately that's been more just something I say because it's a different way of life. But of a good friend of mine, Corey, he he said something rather interesting. He said, Trev, if you weren't scared, having having a little bit of fear, then it, it wouldn't be worth doing. And I agree on that. It it is it is it is scary, but I I feel more confident. If you work hard, and you have a vision, and you put the work in, God will guide. God will provide. He will give you what you need. But I also say this because I know somewhere, some place. There's some kid that was like me. Maybe you're not a kid. I don't know. Maybe you're 17. Maybe you're 18. Maybe you're out of college and you don't know what to do. Or maybe you're like a 40-year-old dude and you're struggling. And you don't know what to do with your life. This was a unique opportunity for me to go all in on this at this time. Now was the time. There was something that I, I found on LinkedIn and I shared it on my Facebook page, and I just wanted to share this with you. I saw this and I had I had to pass it on, and not everyone will understand, and not everyone will be in your corner, and, and that's okay. You should go for it anyway, but, but it says, be scared and do it anyway. Be underqualified and get in the room anyway. Be unsure and show up anyway. Comfort is the enemy of growth. Get uncomfortable. Think about that. Now we live in an age where if you have an idea, you can do it. 
Now, you can't just sit on your couch and eat Cheetos and say, God will give me what I need and not put in the work. No, you need to do the work too. And there will be wins and there will be losses. There will be highs and there will be lows. And you know what? I'm thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for the wins. I'm thankful for the losses. I'm thankful for the highs. I'm thankful for the lows. You may say, why are you thankful for the losses? Because we can learn from them. Not everyone will say yes. Not everyone will support you. So when you get the win and you get somebody that believes in you, it feels so much better. Why would you be thankful for the lows? Because it makes the highs feel so much better. It makes the highs feel so much better. Not everyone will get what you're doing. They won't. They'll have questions. But if you have an idea, if you have a concept, if there is something that you want to do in your life, do it. It may be scary. You may not know where to start. But a long time ago, I mean, not even that long ago, you wanted to make a record, you had to go crawling and find a record producer, and you need to go and book studio time and try to get discovered, and then you had to peddle your record to radio stations, and I don't know if this is going to get played, and I don't know if this is good enough, and you always had to seek out someone's approval to say yes. Well, now you can say yes. You want you have a song? Go record the song. You can do it in your bedroom. You buy the instruments. You buy the equipment. You can make a whole album of music in your house. Do you have a book idea? Write the book. Self-publish it. You don't need to go crawl. to. If you think it's a good idea, if you think it's a good story, write the book. Publish it yourself. Sell it. If you have a concept for a company that's good, you don't have to go and, and give it to somebody else. Start it yourself. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of questions. But everybody at some point that had an idea started right exactly where, where you are. And that's how I felt. I felt for a very long time, how do I do this? But I have great support around me. And sky's the limit. So I'm thankful for my faith and I'm thankful for the people around me that support me and have been guiding me through this process because sometimes the, the answer is right in front of you and we can just be so damn stubborn. We don't see it, but it's right there. We have a great show for you tonight. Stone coming up in a little bit with football picks. More on Spotlight is next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. This is our flag. The new album from Chairman of the Board. Featuring 10 new tracks of instrumental music and over 30 minutes of music. Stream it wherever you stream music and buy your digital copy at inherentdream.bandcamp.com. This is Our Flag by Chairman of the Board, out now.
let's fire up the moron spotlights. Anyone who's attended an NFL game knows the importance of pairing the action on the field with a snack from the concession stand. Unfortunately, a recent inspection at TIAA Bank Field, the stadium of the Jacksonville Jaguars, revealed some unsavory findings behind the food counters. Buckle up. During a game between the Jaguars and the Raiders on November 6th, inspectors uncovered 129 violations at a total of 29 concession stands inside the stadium, according to Action News Jacksonville. Among the infractions were two dead rodents, 159 rodent droppings, and seven concession stands that were operating with an expired license. Delaware North, I'm pretty sure they operate the stands at Target Field, just passing that along. The company that runs the concessions at TIAA Bank Field issued a statement to Ben Becker, Action News Jacksonville on the matter, reassuring fans that most of the violations were remedied within 24 hours of the inspection. They shouldn't happen at all. You're serving food. Delaware North follows the highest standards in food service and has strict policies to ensure compliance with all applicable food safety standards and regulations, a statement read. A team of health inspectors spent the day on November 6th inspecting the food service locations during a live event with more than 62,000 fans, our managers worked closely with the health inspectors during the visit, and most of the violations identified were rectified immediately or within 24 hours. The recent report isn't the first time that the Jaguar Stadium has come up short as it pertains to inspections. An ESPN report that reviewed routine inspections from 2016 to 2017 discovered that that stadium ranked 27th out of 30 NFL stadiums with the highest rates of high-level violations. Sounds appetizing, doesn't it? Uh, Rob Manfred has responded to Pete Rose's latest Hall of Fame plea. Pete Rose's latest attempt to get reinstated by Major League Baseball includes a letter that he wrote to Commissioner Rob Manfred. Is it Manfred or Manfred? I don't know pleading to have his Hall of Fame eligibility reinstated. He writes, I am writing today for three reasons. First, because at my age, I want to be 100% sure that you understand how much I mean it when I say that I'm sorry. Second, to ask for your forgiveness. And third, because I still think every day about what it would mean to be considered for the Hall of Fame. A week later, Manfred responded to Rose's plea, explaining that Rose will remain banned from the league. However, the commissioner leaves the subject of the Hall of Fame up to Cooperstown. I mean, honestly, Pete Rose is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He is. But the guy bet on his own team. The guy bet on his own team. And the the other night I watched uh, a documentary about Tim Donahue, that NBA ref that bet on games and some of the games he was working, that would be the equivalent of if Tim Donahue got into like a NBA officials hall of fame. I'm sure there's like an officials hall of fame somewhere. That would be like if Tim Donahue got in and that was okay. 
from my standpoint, I say this. Look, I wouldn't vote for for Barry Bonds to be in in the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't vote for Mark McGuire. I wouldn't vote for Sammy Sosa. If you use steroids, you shouldn't be in. Now, you can make the argument that, well, that was part of the game with Sosa and McGuire. Look what that did for the game of baseball. Okay, well, are we calling the Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame, or are we calling it the Baseball History Museum? Because in terms of baseball history... If it's a baseball history museum, then sure, those guys deserve to be in there. Because that summer, when they were going back to back to back to back, the the home run race, back and forth, that was very entertaining. It was one of the most entertaining summers of baseball that there's ever been. Barry Bonds getting to 73? Sure, that's very entertaining. But they cheated. They cheated to get there. So... I don't know. Do we differentiate it and say there's going to be a difference between the Hall of Fame and we're going to create a baseball history museum? And in terms of baseball history, this is part of it. The steroid era was part of baseball. Me personally, I wouldn't vote for him. I don't have a vote, though. And and with, uh, with Pete Rose, he would be in the baseball history museum. Pete Rose, incredible baseball player, but also a cheater. And what I would have written back to Pete Rose is, Pete, I forgive you. A lot of people have forgiven you. But we don't reward bad behavior. You can be forgiven. That's fine. But we don't don't forget. That would be like somebody that continues to stab you in the back as a friend. They gossip behind your back and you forgive them, but then you keep them as your friend. Well, that's stupid. Whose fault is that? Donald Trump on Saturday said he had no interest in returning to Twitter, even as a slim majority voted in favor of reinstating the former U.S. president who was banned from the social media service for inciting violence in a poll organized by new owner Elon Musk. Slightly over 15 million Twitter users voted in the poll, with 51.8% voting in favor of reinstatement. Musk tweeted, the people have spoken, Trump will be reinstated. Trump's Twitter account, which had over 88 million followers before it was banned on January 8th, 2021, began accumulating followers and had nearly 100,000 followers by 10 p.m. Eastern Saturday. Some users initially reported being unable to follow the reinstated account on Saturday evening. Trump had appeared less than keen earlier in the day. The former president said via video when asked whether he planned to return to Twitter, I don't see any reason for it. Well, we'll see if that continues uh, at this point. We signed up for Twitter. Uh, I, um, For me personally, I was off of Facebook for a while. I ditched Twitter a couple years ago because I, I've always have viewed Twitter as a cesspool. And then with Elon Musk coming on, that didn't really sway me either way. But I, I came back to, to Facebook because I thought, you know what, with, with Inherent Dream taken off, I want to get the message out to anyone who will listen. So if, if I put something on Facebook and 20 people see it or five people see it or 150 people see it or whoever sees it, that's at least getting the message out to some people. And I kind of felt the same way about Twitter. But being back on Twitter for the last week, I don't think anyone's real there. 
The only people that are on Twitter that are real are the people that have the blue check marks that can afford to buy them. And I'm not desperate enough to buy a blue check mark. I don't care enough to do that. So it's mainly these these celebrities that have blue check marks that are bitching back and forth and talking back and forth. And that's that's, I guess, their platform. But I don't I honestly don't think anyone else is even real. I, I try to find friends and stuff on there. And like their last tweets will be from like 2016, 2014. So they haven't even used the platform for for a very long time. So you either have way dated accounts or you have like these strippers and people that are doing OnlyFans and stuff like that. And it's like, come visit my webcam, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, that's that's a real account. That's for sure. Like, give me a break. No one is real there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, former Denver Broncos offensive lineman Tyler Columbus provided one reason why Russell Wilson might be struggling so much in his first season with the team. A 92.5 FM altitude sports radio Denver. Columbus reported Wilson is already having disagreements with head coach Nathaniel Buddy Hackett about the play calling. The nine-time Pro Bowler is also becoming more frustrated with the situation. Russell Russell is losing his mind out there, Columbus said. He's at the line of scrimmage using audibles from the Seahawks. The guys don't know what the audibles are. He's using code words that guys don't know what the code words are. This isn't where the Broncos expected to be after acquiring Wilson, Wilson and handing him a five-year, $245 million extension. Part of Denver's problem stemmed from Wilson's performance. He's on pace to set career lows in completion rate, touchdown percentage, passer rating, and QBR. Well, at least Russell, when they were going to to London to play Jacksonville, at least he was doing high steps on the plane. My goodness. It's like that kid in school where it's like, hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss ass. That's going to, I'm going to kiss ass with the teacher, try to get ahead. Russell Wilson had to show you. There was a TikTok video of him doing high steps on the plane. The rest of his teammates are sleeping. He's doing, he's working out on the plane and watching film and all of that. Some of the guys on ESPN radio, it was funny because they were making fun of him. It's like, Russell, you're a dumbass. The rest of your teammates are sleeping, trying to get on the, uh, get on a schedule with the the time change to go over and, and play in London and you're the idiot that's up working out, studying film. It's like, yeah, it's fine to work out and watch film and study and do all that, but maybe not on the plane while you're you're going over there. And then 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 to to, to have the balls to come out and put it on TikTok like, look, I may suck, but at least I'm putting in the work. Look at all my teammates. They're sleeping. Good, good for you, man. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. 
every once in a while here on the program, we have a special segment called Last Call, where we pay tribute to people that have passed on, that have, an, that have had an impact on our lives. Maybe these are people that we knew personally or from afar that maybe were celebrities or journalists or musicians. There were a few that happened throughout the summer, and uh, we just we haven't had time to mention them on the program. But I wanted to take a special segment tonight before we get Stone on the line here for football picks and just kind of uh, mention them and uh, and honor them here this evening. Longtime uh, horse racing analyst. This was back from July. Longtime horse racing analyst and NFL reporter for ESPN, Hank Goldberg, died back in the summer after complications from chronic kidney disease. He was 82 years old. Known as Hammer and Hank, he began his career in sports radio in Miami in the 1970s before becoming the Dolphins radio color analyst from 78 to 92. He then hosted a sports talk radio show at WQAM in Miami from 93 to 2009. Goldberg embarked on a 21-year career with ESPN starting in 93, appearing on NFL Countdown and serving as a handicapping expert. The veteran broadcaster spent 17 seasons predicting NFL games for ESPN and was 500 or better in 15 of those seasons. In addition to his NFL work, Goldberg also uh, contributed to ESPN's horse racing coverage, analyzing Triple Crown races on SportsCenter. According to Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he fell in love with horse racing when he was 17 years old. More recently, Goldberg appeared on ESPN's Daily Wager Sports Betting Show. He also worked for CBS Sports and analyzed the Belmont Stakes back in the summer. The guy knew so much about horse racing. The guy knew so much about betting on the NFL. He was uh, d definitely entertaining uh, to watch and listen to. I want to pass along this as well. This was from earlier this summer. We we raise a toasty, frosty, uh, a toasty mug or a frosty mug, whatever you're drinking this evening. Bill Russell, the cornerstone of the Boston Celtics dynasty that won eight straight titles. Eight straight. Bill Russell was the only one in the history of sports that should have been able to say, not one, not two, not three, not four. He did it. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh joked about that. Now, they were probably kind of serious too, but Bill Russell actually did it. He won eight straight titles and 11 overall during his career. The Hall of Famer passed away at 88. Russell died peacefully with his wife at his side. The guy had a hell of a career, hell of a life. The, the statement did not give the cause of death, um, but Russell, who had been living in the Seattle area, was not well enough to be present at the NBA Finals MVP trophy ceremony because of a long illness. But for all the winning, Bill's understanding of the struggle is what illuminated his life, the statement said. From boycotting a 1961 exhibition game to unmask too long tolerated discrimination to leading Mississippi's first integrated basketball camp to decades of activism ultimately recognized by his Presidential Medal of Freedom, Bill called out injustice with an unforgiving candor that 
he intended would disrupt the status quo, and with a powerful example that, though never his humble intention, will forever inspire teamwork, selflessness, and thoughtful change. Over a 15-year period, beginning with his junior year at the University of San Francisco, Russell had the most remarkable career of any player in the history of team sports at USF. He was a two-time All-American. He won two straight NCAA championships and led the team to 55 consecutive wins. And he won a gold medal at the 1956 Olympics. During his 13 years in Boston, he carried the Celtics to the NBA Finals 12 times, winning the championship 11 times. The last two titles won while as both a player and serving as the NBA's first black coach. Bill Russell's DNA is woven through every element of the Celtics organization, from the relentless pursuit of excellence to the celebration of team rewards over individual glory to a commitment to social justice and civil rights off the court, the Celtics said in a statement from the summer. Uh, NBA commissioner Adam Silver called Russell the greatest champion in all of team sports in his statement. Um, a five-time M- uh, five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, Russell was an uncanny shot blocker who revolutionized NBA defensive concepts. He finished with 21,620 career rebounds, an average of 22.5 per game, and led the league in rebounding four times. He had 51 rebounds in one game, 49 in two others, and posted 12 straight seasons with 1,000 or more rebounds. He also averaged 15.1 points and 4.3 assists per game over his career. Rest in peace to one of the greatest of all time, Bill Russell, who passed away over the summer at 88 years old. Uh, Lastly, we want to recognize Lamont Dozier, the Motown songwriter who, with the brothers Brian and Eddie Holland, was behind such hits as the Supreme's Baby Love and You Keep Me Hanging On. He passed away. He was 81. Music producer Brandon Williams paid tribute to Dozier on Twitter, writing, another man that sat down and taught me a lot about music is gone, the great Lamont Dozier. Beach Boys co-founder Brian Wilson also paid tribute, noting that Dozier, Dozier's production team was responsible for much of the Motown sound and countless hit records. As one-third of the iconic songwriting group Holland Dozier Holland, Dozier was behind a string of hits from major artists, including The Supremes, The Four Tops, The Isley Brothers, and Martha and The Vandellas. Their catalog highlights include You Can't Hurry Love, Baby I Need Your Loving, Stop in the Name of Love, How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, and more. According to the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which credited the trio's work with forming a major part of the Motown success, the Holland Dozier Holland team was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in uh, 1988 and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990. Absolutely incredible career, responsible for so many hits, and we pay tribute. We raised our frosty mug tonight to Lamont Dozier as well. Mark Stone is up next. It's a TNT Thursday on a free-for-all Friday, but it's a Wednesday night. I think now we've had Stone on, honestly, every night of the week. 
He joins us this Wednesday evening. That is next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. Okay, so it's like a TNT Thursday on a free-for-all Friday, but it's a Wednesday night. What the hell? Mark Stone is here. I'm, I'm getting confused. How the hell are you? <laughs> you know, it's a Girls Gone Wild Wednesday here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. We're packing in TNT Thursday. We're packing in a free-for-all Friday. It's a football frenzy here, and we got the Girls Gone Wild videographers on hand because, again, Mark TNT Stone went undefeated last week, folks. 14-0 in picks. Hit the carved in stone bet of the week, the stone cold lock of the week, and, of course, all my bets hit, baby. We are red hot. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I know, like like with me, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Patriots fan through and through. I was up out of my chair last week when we ran that uh, punt return back for the touchdown but for your team man that was like a coming out party for jimmy g welcome uh you know hello where has that been the whole year you kicked your curb stomped in mexico city 38 to 10 yeah we ran a call of duty mission on the arizona cardinals and picked off kyla murray many times in the fight even though he didn't play in this game but you could tell afterwards he was pretty dejected and was not happy about the festivities speaking of the festivities you talked about it it was a fiesta for jimmy g there as he threw for four touchdowns and just picked apart this cardinals defense which is pretty obvious did not want any part of the dogfight that was going that Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle were bringing in this one. I think they kind of like when they were running after these guys to tackle them, they're like, you know what? I think I got a little bit better things to do than this as they rolled their way in San Francisco. Kind of answered your question, Trevor, and we talked about it with Jimmy G, too, stepping up. Yeah. We need that QB to step up and. San Francisco answered it in a big way, putting the final nail in the coffin in Cliff Dingleberry and company there in Arizona. You know what it was like? I mean, I know they don't have the best record right now, but after week 11 in the NFL stone, I want your thoughts on this. Like the Eagles go to Indy, they win, but they struggle to get there. The Giants lose at Detroit. You called that one. Yeah, the Cowboys kicked the crap out of the Vikings, but the Vikings have the worst point differential of any 8-2 and two team in the history of the NFL. How good are the Cowboys? I still don't think they're very good. Who else in the NFC are you worried about at this point? I, I know they don't have the record as, as being the best in the NFC, but the way that they played uh, the other night in Mexico City, I don't know who's going to beat San Francisco at this point. I think they could go on a run here in the second half. That is, is quite impressive. Yes, in agreement, and we, I mentioned it last week. When you got all pros at every level of this team on both sides, your only spot where you're missing it was that quarterback, and if Jimmy G continues to play like that as he continues to improve each and every week, 
And Kyle, of course, is now drawing things up a lot better now that McCaffrey's folding in the fold. They're doing different things, got different looks going on. You're seeing, and Elijah Mitchell's back, you're just seeing how this team can just fold over opponents. When you can do that and the defense is continuing to get healthy, it's going to spell bad news for any of these teams in the NFC. Let's go to week 12 football picks. Mark Stone is here. We will start with the early game, Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. Uh, You know what, Stone? The Lions always get pumped up for this game. I don't think it's going to be enough, though. I'll take the Bills on the road. I'm in agreement. Buffalo's staying over after escaping snowpocalypse last week toward forward field, which is very disappointing. I still kept my money on Cleveland, and that's still covered with the back door, baby. But <laughs> here, yeah, the fighting Dan Campbell's again putting up a fight. I think we've got a good Thanksgiving Day opener. We're going to see if Josh Allen can get back into early season form here and light up the Lions. I don't think he does. I think the nine and a half points is a little too too, too right much now. so i think it's going to be a closer game that but i am picking buffalo to win as well buffalo seven and three the uh, lions four and six uh the afternoon game new york giants seven and three the cowboys seven and three this will be for second place in the nfc east uh man oh man i i i've said all year long i don't think the giants are as good as their record but i also feel the cowboys <laughs> You've been very sour on them since the beginning of the year. I've been sour on them too, not as much as you, but if I had to do a coin flip in this game, I'm going to take Dallas by a field goal. I'll take Dallas. Trevor, you hit it right on the head. Dallas is coming off a huge win after an embarrassing loss in Green Bay. They come here and curb stop the Vikings. And now we got Jerry talking again, and everybody's talking that this team's going to Super Bowl. They're as good as those 90s teams. And blah, 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 (laughs) blah. All I hear is freaking talk out of Dallas. You got the New York Giants who are coming off an embarrassing loss at home against Detroit. We've talked about this on this program, folks. We've talked about it numerous times. Optics is important in the NFL. These are all professionals. So when you come off a huge win over a team everybody was crowning to be the NFC champs in the Minnesota Vikings, you got a sense of overconfidence now. We're already talking about Super Bowl in Dallas. For the Giants, same thing. They, again, kind of overplayed. We're playing with house money for a lot. Brian Dayball was finding ways to win, and they were embarrassed with a loss. We always know when these teams get embarrassed, especially at home, and go on the road against a division rival, it's going to be a close game. I am picking Dallas to win. However, once again, you rush to that betting window and you lay down that money on the New York Giants. It is the carved in stone bet of the week. Giants, nine and a half points right now. Oh. And the line keeps moving up for some odd reason. Throw that cash down on those Giants. It's like you said, this is going to be a field goal win, an embarrassing game on Thanksgiving for the Cowboys at home, who will no longer be talking Super Bowl right after this. They will be talking about the freaking toilet bowl. Patriots 6-4, and four, Vikings 8-2. and two. I am licking my chops for this game, Stone. And look, the Vikings are going to make the playoffs because they're running away with the NFC North. But they were exposed on Sunday to a Dallas team that we both think 
isn't very good. What does Bill Belichick do with every team that he plays? He takes away your best weapon. Justin Jefferson will not be a factor in this game. I like New England on the road. I think it'll be close, but I think they do enough ground and pound. They get the victory. Agreement here. Again, New England, spitting image of Dallas, except for not as good. They like to run the football. They've got capable backs in Stevenson and Harris. They play strong defense, blitzing the quarterback. And speaking of the quarterback, that's right. You got two chains, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> in the house on primetime again to scratch and lick his way to another loss. That is what's going on here, Vikings fans. You, you picked the Patriots. I'm picking the Patriots. It's going to be another embarrassing night for Minnesota at home in primetime. Go do it, baby. Texans, Dolphins, don't overthink it. Miami and two at home. Yes, yes, yes. You walk into the stone cold lock of the week. Miami's coming off the bye. Going to be fully loaded, fresh, ready to go at home against a Texas team that got powerbombed last week in their game. So, yes, give me Miami as well. Bengals and Titans. Interesting one here uh, in Nashville on Sunday. The Bengals coming off a win. They're 6-4. and four. The Titans are 7-3. and three. I am just a firm believer, my friend, in Derrick Henry. I think he's putting this team on his back. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but my goodness, is he strong. I love Derrick Henry. I like the Titans here in a close one. We've talked about this. The snow is falling in Vermont, which means Derrick Henry's going to be up for it. Second thing is happening. The Titans are home dogs, which means Vrabel is up for the challenge and ready to whoop some ass in this <laughs> one to prove to everybody that he belongs. Nobody does it as a dog better than Vrabel, except for maybe Mike Tomlin, but he is one of the best, and you're at home. I'm in agreement with you. You take the Titans for the win in this one. Is there a bigger dumpster fire game of the week than Broncos-Panthers? My goodness, this is embarrassing, this game. Uh... I, I don't even know who to pick in this game, Stone. Uh, I, I guess I'll take Carolina because they're at home. Uh, I just I just cannot get behind this Carolina team right now. Baker Mayfield looks like total trash. He's washed. Still. Oh, God. Denver Denver showed some life last week, but once again, Buddy Wackett <laughs> found a way to fumble away that victory. Yep, we're going to go for it on third down and pass the football while – freaking russell wilson's out there cooking with seattle audibles and nobody knows yeah. what the hell is going on and throws to a spot there isn't a receiver within 50 miles of it this is again going off the tracks but i did see some light from the denver offense otherwise clint kubiak taking over his play calling play calling duties there definitely showed some life i figured that's enough here for denver to go on the road and win a close one and like you said a double double dumpster fire game of the week it's like you're sitting in a porter potty and you've been at the state fair all day and <laughs> it's just hot and you're in there and you gotta go and then some like 15 year old punk comes up and just drop kicks the toilet over and there you go and that's the dumpster fire then he lights it on fire and then you have to get out of there uh, broncos three and seven panthers are three and eight uh, the Bears and the Jets. Uh, the Bears are three and eight. The Jets are six and four. My goodness, if the Jets start Zach Wilson, I 
I don't understand it. I would go with Joe Flacco the rest of the year. Look, I know old man Flacco isn't what he used to be, but all you need with this team, Stone, is a game manager. You're wasting that defense at this point. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, but that loss last week and the way Zach Wilson is not a leader, I, I, there's too much turmoil this week with the Jets. I'm taking Justin Fields to run all day. He's going to try to figure it out. I'm going to take the Bears in an upset on the road. Disagreement here. Still don't know where we stand with Justin Fields and the injuries. Eberflus is stating that he could be done for the year. It's his non-throwing shoulder, so I think he's kind of lying from that. But it's still an injury enough that may partake in his limited running abilities, as I don't think they call as many runs as they're going to try to save him. On the other side, I'm in agreement with you. I think Robert Sala does anything he can to make sure Zach Wilson does not start this game. That kid has lost the locker room. He's lost everybody. He's oblivious to reality. You're either going to get Joe Flacco or you're going to get Heisenberg, Mr. White, back at the helm for this team. Either one of them is going to be a better pick than Zach Wilson. And again, if you just run ground and pound against the Chicago Bears defense, which I mentioned last week, can't stop a nosebleed, it will be enough for the Jets to win at home. Give me the Jets. Atlanta and the Washington Commanders on uh, Sunday. I uh, the the Commanders six and five. The Falcons are five and six. I think Washington's playing better football of late. I'll take Washington at home. Agreement. Riverboat Ron has this steamboat running full bore, baby, and they are at home. With Taylor Heineke at the helm, who definitely has to spark for this team. Atlanta's done a great job too, but let's face it, they're not as much up against the wall to get a win here in that division, which is kind of a race to the bottom there in the NFC South. So I think Washington defends the home turf and does get the win here. But I think maybe the negative four might be too much because it might just be a field goal. So that's something to watch for if that line does go up in Atlanta's favor. Bucks and Browns. Bucks coming off of bye. I think the second half will be a different story for the Bucks compared to the first half. I'm going to take Tampa on the road agreement cleveland's already looking ahead to next week to houston and rolling out <laughs> to sean watson oh. after after he makes his he makes his uh massage parlor tour back in houston <laughs> before the game but uh <laughs> that's what they're looking ahead to you know tom's gonna be focused yeah. they're five and five they're in first place in this division they're going to look to put some distance between themselves and atlanta and new orleans Give me the bucks to, again, like you said, it's going to be a different team here after the bye. I'm a believer in that as well. Ravens 7-3, and three, Jaguars 3-7. and seven. The Ravens, in my opinion, are like the most average 7-3 and three team. I thought last week they'd come out and curb stomp. I just was not impressed with them at all. But I feel like they have another level that they can get to. But I've been saying that now, Stone, for like 10 weeks, and I haven't seen it. So maybe this is the week they come out and – and curb stomp Jacksonville. I'm going to take Baltimore, but I, uh, I'm going to take Baltimore. I, I mean, I don't think Jacksonville is very good, but I, I still don't love the pick. I mean, I, I want to see something from Lamar. I want to see, I want to see a complete game a couple weeks in a row from this Ravens team. I'm in agreement with you. They kind of play down to their competition, but it's not down so far that they lose games. It just ends up being closer than you anticipated. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier in this show a few weeks back that Jacksonville still hasn't found a way to win yet. They just, 
it, it's just something that you got to get embedded in the culture and put together. They're still a little too young yet. It's coming together. It's better than last year when they had freaking Urban Meyer at the helm, but uh, it's uh. still not quite there yet. But Baltimore should win this one on the road, even though I'm in agreement with you. It's probably not going to be in dominating fashion. Seahawks off the bye, uh, playing Josh McDumbass and the Raiders, three and seven, <laughs> Seattle, six and four. Man, I, I, we've been saying it. If there's if there's teams playing with house money, it is Seattle, man. And uh, I, I think Seattle comes in prepared for this game because they saw what San Francisco did Monday night in Mexico with Arizona. So they want to keep pace. I like Seattle at home. I'm in agreement with you. Seattle wants this to come down to their showdown, which is either on a Sunday night or a Monday night against San Francisco. And I think they want that to happen. So in order to do that, they got to keep winning. They know this. They're facing a dumpster fire in the Raiders at home. Who, yes, did get an overtime win, but that was at the expense of Buddy Wackett and, and Mr. Limited Russell Wilson over there in Denver. So I'm in agreement with you. I think I think Pete Carroll and company keep it rolling here. The defense is playing well, and it's good enough to beat the Raiders to move to 7-4. and four. Will the Cardinals play inspired football to save Cliff Dingleberry's job at 4-7? and seven? I don't think so. Chargers come in and they get the victory to move to six and five. Yeah. Chargers finally showed some life offensively last week against the chiefs. Finally slinging that ball with Keenan Allen back and Josh Palmer. Finally also too moving into a role. I think we all expected him to be in preseason um with that i think the chargers offense continues to roll austin eckler of course still there the cardinals just a total dumpster fire maybe we'll get a gift and they'll roll out colt mccoy again for another week of these guys but it's a it's a downward spiral where cliff dingleberry yes will be back at the job fair again and who knows we've seen we've seen stranger things happen that he may land another job so what's the line in this Niners Saints game? I'm reading here it's it's nine right now. I think that's high. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners at home though to win. I think they moved to seven and four, but I don't know. It might be a little closer. Uh, they, Saints might hang around early. Yeah, it's nine and a half on what I've got here. So I think it opened at eight and a half. It keeps going up. It keeps going up. It's the late window. So Niners return back home. I think a lot of people are riding high on what this team just did in Mexico City. And I think it's I think it's definitely great. And let's face it, the Saints are kind of a dumpster fire as well, but I'm in I'm in agreement with you. The Saints defense is good enough to probably keep it within the nine on this game, probably maybe even with a backdoor cover. San Francisco wins, but I don't think it's as huge of a blowout as what they just did to the Cardinals. Here's my lock of the week. I mean, my goodness, Kansas City over the Rams. The Rams are cooked. They're washed. They're done. They're three and seven. Patrick Mahomes, man, I mean, he can do it all. I mean, it, that game Sunday night, there was not a moment in that game at the end where I didn't think he was going to march down the field and at least have a chance. I mean, maybe they don't win. Maybe they don't get the touchdown, but they I, I figured they'd at least have a chance with the ball in Mahomes' hand at the end, and, and they ended up winning their 8-2, and two, and uh, I think they keep rolling. Yes, the nightmare horror show of the Rams continues as 
Brent Anthony Perkins takes the helm here for the Los Angeles Rams as Stafford's apparently been again ding-donged out for <laughs> the inconceivable future with another with another concussion here. Now, I don't know. I mean, he did get concussed on the field. I'll give it that. But I'm also wondering if it was just a mercy kill for himself <laughs> to get away from this team for as bad as they were playing. The Chiefs are been on a roll. It doesn't matter. Yeah who they're up against. We've talked about that they haven't been able to close out teams, but they have been able to pretty much outscore everybody. They'll probably close out the Rams here because I don't see this offense minus Matt Stafford, minus Cooper Cup here being able to stick up with them. And we even saw Cam Akers rise from the dead again last week and take hold of this backfield. That's how bad it is in Los Angeles. Packers and Eagles. I, I think this Sunday night game is closer than than maybe people will think. I will take the Eagles at home, um, but I, I think this is within five. Yeah, I, I like that pick. It's something that I'm considering for a bet on Green Bay, which is right now a touchdown plus seven. But yes, Philadelphia really has not looked that good the last two weeks. I think they've been exposed. Definitely them losing Jordan Davis up the middle has definitely hurt their running game. You can run on this Eagles team now. They rolled old bones and Dominican Sue out to try to, <laughs> to try to freaking clog that middle. But one thing the Packers do well is run the football. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be ball control on both sides. It's going to be a running game, smash mouth football. I think the Eagles win, but it's probably going to be closer than seven. I think the Packers are kicking themselves last week. I mean, they were at home against Tennessee and, and Tennessee played well. They, they deserved to, to win that game. But if the, if the Packers look at it and they say, Hey, you know, the Vikings get demolished at home with green uh, with, uh, with Dallas, maybe we win that game. And Minnesota does not have a cakewalk this week with new England coming to town and neither does green Bay, but boy, things sure could change quick. If last week they won the Vikings lose. And if that would have happened, I still think the Vikings win the division, but they could have at least made it a little more interesting Monday night football, kind of a dumpster fire game Steelers and Colts. Uh, this is, this is prime territory for me. I, well, I said it last week and, and the Steelers, I thought it was a Mike Tomlin game. Maybe I was a week early or a week late, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh on the road here. Agreement. This is my second bet of the week. It was the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half. Indianapolis, if they win this game, I'm almost considering it's going to be something like they're down and they kick a field goal to win by one, something like that. I'm picking Pittsburgh to win, though, so I'm that confident in this because, yeah, Tomlin – showed a great job last week of holding with Cincinnati at least until the fourth yeah. quarter. Um, you say in, in Indianapolis just does not have those Watt weapons. TJ Watt returning for that defense too. You saw a spark there of them being able to hold serve with Cincinnati. So again, much worse team in Indianapolis. It's home and controlled in a dome. Yeah, it's a Mike Tomlin, Rob Ross spot. Let's lock in Pittsburgh. So tomorrow when you have your thanksgiving dinner what's like the first thing that you go for like what what are you craving most tomorrow i always am a big stuffing man myself i gotta i gotta have some stuffing plenty of it as much of it as i can have that's my big thing you a big pie guy no i guess um i may have a slice later yeah in the day but i i, I 
you know how it is at Thanksgiving. You gorge yourself with the, with the traditional, you know, yeah. mashed potatoes, freaking freaking stuffing, turkey. Maybe you got some of that green bean casserole yeah. cooking around, uh, freaking other salads and stuff to where by the time, you know, I'm down with one or maybe even two full plates, I'm like, yeah, I don't even got – I don't even got room for pie right now. Yeah. So it's something like that. If you have, if you're eating at noon or one o'clock, that's something like you pull out for round two when the uh, second kickoff happens around yeah. three thirty, four o'clock. That's perfect time for some pie. Usually, my goal is uh, my goal for tomorrow is I want to have a nice piece of pecan pie, and I don't even use a plate. I just put the whole pie. With me watching the Patriots tomorrow night, I'm not going to have a shirt on and I'm going to just sit and have my fat belly just have like be the plate for the pie and just munch it down right there. Like imagine just just let me paint that picture for you right there. Like that's that's Thanksgiving to a T. That's Thanksgiving for T right there. Well, it's definitely a picture you painted for our audience. So fantastic well, job there, yeah. Trevor. I heard, I heard, I heard Hacks trying to hold off the sensors, right? Yeah. Now. Well, Hack just barfed, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I'm thankful for you uh, for joining us here for football picks each and every week. Enjoy the holiday with your family, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Always a pleasure coming on, and again, happy Thanksgiving to you. T- Lindsay to the rest of your family and friends as well. He's Mark Stone. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Can't get enough of the Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For bonus content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now, tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Bonus content Saturday is coming up tomorrow. And one of the major things that we're doing here is we are building a playlist of, in my opinion, the greatest songs of all time. These are also my favorite songs of all time. You can follow along with the playlist on Spotify. Just search for the 1000 songs by the Trevor J Brown show tomorrow. We are adding songs from Jose Feliciano, his first entry on the playlist also one from the flamingos and another one from the beach boys which songs will we be adding find out tomorrow tune into bonus content saturday which our saturday content is exclusive on the spotify app and again follow along with the playlist the 1000 songs by the trevor j brown show with tomorrow's editions will be up to 97 total songs on the playlist and over um, how how long is the playlist now uh, we will be at six hours and five minutes of music so tons of good stuff there that does it for uh, this week on the program we will be back next week our normal uh, day and time friday at uh, 10 o'clock spotify anchor google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, all of the familiar places I hope you and yours have a fantastic Thanksgiving, and thanks for listening. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company.